Welcome to the Bloomberg PL Podcast. I'm Paul Sweeney along with my co-host, Lisa Abramowitz. Each day we bring you the most noteworthy and useful interviews for you and your money, whether you're at the grocery store or the trading floor. Find a Bloomberg PL podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as at Bloomberg.com. The key question, though, in my mind, as the S&P 500 reaches new highs of record highs, how much can a 25 basis point rate cut actually continue to support risk assets? Joining us here, Peter Shear, head of macro strategy at Academy Securities. Uh, he's here in our interactive broker studios. So, Peter, what is the answer to that? I mean, does this seem like it makes sense to you that stocks are rallying on this expected rate cut? Weirdly, it actually does. I'll give you my real cynical answer in a second. I think the first thing is what we've seen is a shift in the Fed's reaction function. I think the reality is they are going to do very little to slow the economy. So if we see any positive signs, they're not going to react quickly. Any negatives, they're going to react very, very quickly to help out. So I think that's what's being priced in. And if you want the cynical answer, the Fed is really out there to bolster asset prices. That belief is sinking in. That's what they're going to do. You trade it that way. You, you think that that's what's going on? Do you I buy that? I think there's a growing view that Powell, who did want to kill the Powell put or the Fed put, I think it's much easier to say you want to kill it than being the person responsible for it. And now he's gone the other way. They're there to support asset prices. So right now, you think that the best gauge of what the Federal Reserve will do is just to look at risk assets. If they're selling off, they're going to cut rates. If they're rallying, they might be a little bit more patient. Yeah, I think that's it. So I think we've got one more good squeeze here. I think we see VIX drop maybe down to 11. Stocks continue to go higher. Yields, I think the front end is going to be anchored. I think we're actually going to see a realization, hey, if the Fed wants inflation, long end yields should be higher. So I think you're going to see 10s and 30s back up a little bit. All right. So... How long can this go on before people care about the real economy again? I think you need to see the squeeze finish, whether it's two weeks to a month. I want to see some of the uh, sentiment surveys kind of get to extremes, uh, positive, where every last bear gets pushed in. Okay, so this is, this is a tactical bet on your part. Yes, I think that's what this is, right? Everyone's kind of having taken this message. Trade wars seem off the table for now. It's the summer. It's slow. Why be short? The squeeze goes, and then it was set up for a fall. Okay, so then we're set up for a fall. So let's move beyond just the two, next two weeks uh, to a month and talk about what happens later in the year as we start to get more economic data and we you know, wage pressure, whatever happens on the trade front. How much do risk assets potentially fall in your view? What's the, what's the fallout? Or is this just going to be a bumpy road for a while? I think it's going to be a bumpy road. To me, the real positive is going to be if trade wars start leading to the conclusion that we're actually going to win, we're going to fight for 5G, and the U.S. is actually going to dominate 5G rather than letting Huawei do it, then I think risk assets can go you know, off to the races. If it looks like we're going to lose, we're going to cave in, we're going to let Huawei dominate, I think we're going to have problems there. And that's, to me, the swings. I think Europe actually might surprise us to the upside. So right now... I'm short-term technically bullish. I think there's probably more upside than downside in where I look at the economy heading. Okay. So you think there's more upside than downside when it comes to U.S. equities. What about high yield? You know, I think high yields kind of played out. It's going to be a carry game at most. Um, whether we will start seeing a few companies hit trouble or not, maybe. I think that was more likely at the start of the year when all-in yields were slightly higher. This all-in lower yields just helps all these companies. Risk assets are well and alive. You know, M&A activities there so companies can sell off. I think it's going to be kind of a meh for high yield. All right. And then the other question is, I mean, I think it's just going to be a bumpy road for a while. Does that mean that the prospect of a recession is pushed out substantially more uh, than many are currently factoring in. Yes, I think it's pushed out. One, we now have this new reaction function from the Fed, so they're going to be overly aggressive trying to fend off a recession. 
And then I think people get a little bit too concerned. Remember Q4, oh, it's bad. Q1's going to be a disaster. Q1 turned out fine. I think Q2 is going to be weak, but part of the weakness is going to be all the trade war related uh, fights, the tariffs. Some of that's going to go away in Q3 and Q4. So I don't think we're going to see this kind of straight line down. And to me, Europe's the wild card. What's Lagarde going to do? Is she able to implement stimulus there? Then all of a sudden, you know, again, there's might be positive surprises from Europe, which we haven't seen in years. One thing I'm struggling to understand is the efficacy of quantitative easing and of lowering rates at a time when borrowing costs are so low. I just am trying to, I mean, there have been a number of academic studies that have come out showing that each additional round of quantitative easing and lowering rates from an already pretty low base doesn't really do all that much when it comes to juicing up the, the, the economy. So at what point do people care about that? Again, at some point, I, I completely agree with you too, though. I'm not sure that these policies are right. I hate the idea of negative yields. I think negative yields are disastrous for banks. I think at some point, 20 years from now, people are going to revise how they look at economics and say inflation actually targets to the Fed funds rather than vice versa. So all these cuts actually de- are deflationary over time. I, I think we're doing a lot of wrong things, but I've long since stopped trying to fight what I think is wrong and just accept what I think the Fed and the ECB are going to do and try and trade around that. So do you think that it's a good idea to go long U.S equities right now and also go long, uh, longer dated U.S. bonds? No, I actually don't like that trade here. I think that's been one of the trades I'm starting to do some more work on. And you know, what I've been looking at is what are the safe trades? What are the safe assets? So a lot of people are in these 60-40 type funds where you own equities and you own bonds. I really don't like that here. I think yields are low. Stocks are at all-time high. I think we want to pair back. I've also been looking at some of these min-vol and low-vol equity targeted funds. They've had massive amounts of inflows. And it feels to me like people are kind of reaching and saying, oh, I can invest in stocks, but they're safe stocks. I'm like, yeah, stocks aren't all safe. And when we have problems, they're all going to be hit. So that's... I'm kind of reluctant to. I'd rather own equities here than bonds. I'd like to be short long dated bonds here. Short them. So you yeah. think that yields are going to rise? I in think some in the 10s and meaningful... 30s, they're going to go higher. Significantly or just a bit? You know, 10 to 30 basis points. So, you know, meaningful from here. Yeah, I, I think we should be 225 to 235 on the 10-year treasury. Okay. Uh, just going forward, I'm trying to understand the picture in the 2020 key election year. What are you expecting in terms of what assets are expected to do the best at a time if the Federal Reserve is supporting the markets it, 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 with the reaction function as you describe it? Uh, and if certainly the government is looking to bolster markets, given the fact that President Trump would like to get reelected, what are you looking for? So, you know, we've talked about this before, and it's kind of maybe a weird view, but I think, you know, look at the TV show Survivor. Let's pretend Trump has an immunity doll. That immunity doll is a trade deal with China. Why use it now, right? Use that closer to the election. So I think we're going to see a lot of hype about a trade deal Q1, Q2 next year, and that's going to really bolster energy stocks and I think tech. Interesting. So uh, we're going to be listening in on uh, Jay Powell, the Federal Reserve Chair, speak in front of the House uh, Committee beginning of a two-day testimony in front of Congress, uh, and we are going to hear from him. What are you expecting to hear from him today? I think a lot of what he wrote, he's going to focus on inflation, right? Everything else really doesn't justify why he wants to be so dovish. So I think this lack of inflation is going to be something we hear over and over. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg PL podcast. You can subscribe and listen to interviews at Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm Paul Sweeney. I'm on Twitter at PT Sweeney. I'm Lisa Abramowitz. I'm on Twitter at Lisa Abramowitz1. Before the podcast, you can always catch us worldwide on Bloomberg Radio.